Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. It's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. We are broadcasting live from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord. I'd be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you today, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this buttery biscuit. That's right, he's the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year, the Silver Tongue One, the inventor of the Redneck Egg Roll. Give it up for my friend and your personal hero on old mic number one, it's Mojo! Personal hero? You are. Wow. Thanks, for everyone, for joining us. Please uh, go to our Facebook, Southern Fry Philosophy. Uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Uh, comment on some of our posts. Uh, you can also follow us on SFP Radio at Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're trying to get more active on Twitter. And I'll also, I think I'm going to have my daughter take over Instagram since I do not completely understand it. I don't even it. know what so, it is. Some of my hashtags and tagging people and stuff like that. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, so appreciate everybody uh, giving us some likes and also some reviews on uh, iTunes. Hopefully they'll give us a rating pretty soon. So that's how we move up in the uh, iTunes world. I think we've made a negative four cents on iTunes. (laughs) I don't know how that happens. Yeah, it's reverse inflation. (laughs) Um, Also go to Google Play, Stitcher. But uh, we have a good uh, good show today. We have a friend of mine, uh, Lynn Childers, Chef Lynn Childers, sorry. Mm. Um, He's the owner here of a local restaurant and want to get some uh, take on it, uh, maybe some current co- uh, food trends and mm. some personal favorites, but also we want him to talk about his restaurant and uh, putting a new restaurant in Harrisburg and how he's basically reclaimed a uh, space that had a kind of a shady past and <laughs> is made into a, a very unique had a lot of gastropub. Yeah, man, something like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great place. Um, and we're going to talk about that today, but take it away, buddy. Um, so we'll start off the show as always. I'm going to ask you, like I do every week, Mojo, how you be doing? You know, this week's been a great week so far. Really? Yeah. I, so uh, far, so good. So I, I, I had uh, you know, everyone, if you go back to listen to episode one, mm-hmm. we re- referenced it in several of the episodes, but had a heart transplant back in March. No big um, deal. No big deal. The just, kids say NBD. Just in and out. But uh, anyway, I had to go through for these routine biopsies for the first year. And uh, so they did a biopsy Tuesday mm-hmm. and uh, nice. came back uh, zero, which wow. is perfect. There you so, go. Um, me and my new lifelong companion, my donor heart, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're doing great. We I guess we're a match made in heaven. As, as always, we we thank thank our donor and thank our donor's family. And uh, as you heard as last week's episode with Alan Lansbury, 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 sorry, <laughs> we missed that too. But he's a, a fellow heart transplant recipient, mm-hmm. and I think you'll find that in the transplant community, everyone's just so grateful for mm-hmm. a second chance of life. So no that's the reason why I'm here, sitting on this fine plush leathery couch. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, you know what burns my biscuits, buddy? What's that, man? Thin toilet paper. Thin. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, coming to the studio today and right. this, this fine establishment that we uh, podcast out of. Yeah, it's a, it's an ancient building, so it has this character. But sure, I go to the bathroom and what's hanging on the wall? They replace the nice fluffy pillow mm-hmm. toilet paper with this thin. Ooh. They claim it's two ply. It's not two it's ply. Like, I think it's almost like rice paper. You even have some right yeah, there. Yeah, I brought a sample. In. It's just. <laughs> It's almost like rice paper. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what they... You Could could you get that toilet paper and then put, you know, egg roll material in it? Yeah, you put like some... Ca- yeah, yeah, basically you could... You could make, <laughs> that or put some basil and shrimp and vermicelli noodles and make like a Vietnamese fresh oh, roll. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I like those, by the way. How you be doing? Oh, man. I'm good. I'm good. We are less cardboard boxy in our house. Yeah. So, as we said before, I moved in. So we are getting as many cardboard boxes out as we can, as quickly as we can. 
but that's been been quite fun. Did you get the uh, smoking jacket and ascot on order for no, the manor? I, I did. They don't have them in my size, so mm, well, I guess what we'll to make it's you on one. back order. <laughs> it's on back order. <laughs> uh, I did get away this weekend. I uh, got away with the family and enjoyed a nice nice weekend away at um, at a cabin with with the in laws. One of the things they did bring up was uh, you know you sit around with your family, joke around, show each other the latest YouTube videos, whatnot. And one of these videos has, has owned me like none other. And I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Lynn, you may, may not have. But it's it's Bishop Bullwinkle. And uh, this guy. Uh, by the way, this is our guest, Lynn. Just in yeah, case yeah. he wants to add any commentary. Have you, do you know of uh, Bishop, Bishop Bullwinkle? I do know. All right, this will be a no. new for him. So. Wow. This is new. So uh, Bishop Bullwinkle. It, I think he's a viral video star. He is a viral yeah. video star. Uh, if I'm going to set up the video, <laughs> so he's in an all-white suit. Uh, white uh, and brown tie, and we'll have a link up on the video with a cowboy hat. So Bishop Bullwinkle is going to take it away for us, and oh, it owns me. So here we go. We're starting out with uh, on, two German shepherds yeah. in the uh, yeah. in the yard, and he's bringing in a bicycle, like a kitty bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. go. My name Bishop Bullwinkle. Bishop I got the first church, nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. The title of this title of this is a uh, health of a gnaw gnaw. Yeah, yeah. You'll get that in the, in the hook. In the hook, so what they call it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Wondering what the fire extinguishers for. <laughs> he said to say, "There's a there's a monkey on his podium and a, a fire extinguisher." Yeah. So. <laughs> this guy became really popular. Uh, after Harambe was shot at the zoo, uh, people did a little mashup of this song right here with another gorilla walking away, just in case any other any other child ever jumped in the, uh, the cage with him. So that's that's the story on that. Come on. He must be. A, he, he's got to be in the south. Come oh, yeah. on. Yeah. So. I need to go to his church. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you raised. Right, here's a hook. Here we So I challenge you today. Try yeah. not to have that stuck in your head for the rest of the, rest of the day. Hell to the it's no, like no, a con, no. It's like a combo of Al Green and Marvin Gaye if they had a love Bishop Child. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> hey now. Oh, so we did that. We talked about that, and and so on the way home, uh, you know, you've got those times where you you've drank too much coffee on the way home, and mm-hmm. you've got to stop. And the some of the best places are like a Starbucks. Like a Starbucks has a nice, clean restaurant or a bathroom that you can use, mm-hmm. go into the Starbucks, and I realize, holy crap, they've released the pumpkin spice latte stuff again. Were, were like, you excited? Already. Were no. You, okay. No, 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 no. I, I've got to tell you, what burns my biscuits is the pumpkin spice latte. I mean, the pumpkin spice everything. Like, the, the, how yeah, much stuff can you pumpkin everywhere. spice? Did, are you a fan of it, Lynn? Not personally. Not personally, no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for them to come out with pumpkin spice suppositories and toilet paper before long. So I know it's a classic white girl thing. I know that. Yeah, break out your Uggs. Right, you got your yoga pants on. But seriously, yeah. it's like 
August or September. I think when they start putting the Halloween candy out is when they kind of they time it with that. Is it? So, yeah. so like, Target's ready to put the... Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they put that stuff out since July 4th. Probably so. Like, but yep. come on. Yeah, like, they, Trader Joe's, goodbye. Yeah, goodbye the, to everything every, Everything will be pumpkin spice there. Yeah. Everything, yep. Pumpkin toast, uh, pumpkin spice Melba toast with dates yes. or something like that, yeah. Yep, yep. And salmon, pump, pumpkin spice salmon. Like, how does that work? Pumpkin spice bacon jam. Oh, yeah. no. Listen, listen, can we just stop this? Yeah, they need to rename it or something, at least for a year. To kind of cleanse the palate. Just stop it. I'm just asking. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so so how, how's your fantasy team looking? What fantasy team? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did put a hiatus on the fantasy uh-huh. while we were moving, and I think that was a smart decision. Probably. Because now I can actually focus on getting work done, but um, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. This is the first time in probably 10 years I played fantasy league. So so you're in it. How are you doing? I, well, I won my first game. So, but boy. Yeah. It, nothing special. I mean, I actually did the auto draft this time because I had to be away from the draft. <laughs> You've so. got to be kidding nah. me. And actually, the draft actually, the auto draft actually did some good players. Lynch, so. Do you do fantasy football? I used to. I don't have time anymore. Yeah. yeah. See, that's a smart man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it becomes a little too obsessive. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It, I, and, and I lose focus. Cannot do it. Cannot do it. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes up all your time. Like, I don't even watch. Like, I'm not a huge sports guy, mm-hmm. like, huge football guy. But when I'm play, playing fantasy, that's all I do. Like, I have to watch every game. And, you know. Luckily, luckily I haven't got that obsessive about it yet. So, Well, clearly, you yeah. just show up for auto draft. Yeah, I mean, that's how dedicated I am. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I win, I win. I think I, I think I figured out the app finally where I can substitute a player. I'm like, all right, there we go. <laughs> you just now yeah. figured that part out? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm slow, I'm slow in technology. So. <laughs> No. <laughs> you don't even know how to sub a player. No, I finally figured it out. Oh, and then I tried to acquire Lord. someone else, but I have no clue what I'm doing there. Either, so. <laughs> you paid $100. No, for, I, didn't pay no. no I didn't pay no $100. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good then. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 okay. it's a fantasy league in our church. Well, yeah, so. but you have you start off with money. Oh, no, the to, $100. Bucks, yeah, know. to, to yeah. buy people off the waivers. I think I, I think I, I submitted a bet for 8 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> You know that's for the whole season, right? Yeah. That's the reason I put eight bucks. Because <laughs> the five dollars right. didn't do it, so I might as well do the eight. So Well, hey, if you need your fantasy draft help, listen to this podcast because it's clearly not gonna help you. Yeah, we're we're not uh fan duel or fantasy kings, so Oh, <laughs> uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about fa- uh the Yeah, I, I, yeah, um Colin Kaepernick is not on my fantasy team because right. uh, not because of his stance, but uh just because he's a Backup quarterback. Here we so. go. Fantasy football. So you're starting Colin Kaepernick this week, is that right? No, no. no. <laughs> actually, I actually auto drafted Cam Newton. He had a heck of, wow. he had a heck of a game. How did you do that? I, I, wow. I don't know. I don't. Wow! Yeah, oh my so gosh. I got yeah, I got and he he scored actually pretty good on fantasy this, yeah, this past he, week. He, he was the one that took me to the to the dance last year. Really? Well, yeah. literally to the Super Bowl. Yeah, for your team yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. pretty good. All right, so Colin, Ka- are we we're going to talk well, about yeah, this, this whole this NFL? NFL oh yeah, this whole NFL thing's been a mess. Can we lump in the the NFL national anthem stuff with the HB two NCAA? Issue or are we gonna? Uh, you know we can't. That? That's actually something that just happened yesterday. So I, you know, that's you haven't read up on it. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm actually fairly okay. personal. I'm actually trying to. I've reached out to a couple of uh, uh, people in the LGBT, LGBT LGBT community. That's easy for you to say. And also the um, the NC GOP, the uh, North Carolina GOP 
mm-hmm. for our official comment. So no one's got back to me as a date, but <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to get someone to interview from the LGBT community. And um, so let me get this straight: you you've contacted yeah. them, and do you, are you showing them your press credentials? Like, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just hey, yeah, I, I, I printed them up. On, I do uh, a podcast. Yeah, I, I had my I you'd be on the show. I, I had my daughter print me up one off Pinterest, <laughs> and. Uh, this is my creative macrame and some uh, glitter. So, I, <laughs> well, this doesn't look official, but now you got glitter on it. That's, that's well, that gets sold it. that gets me a lot of places. <laughs> well, but um, yeah, ho- actually, hopefully, we'll have one of those on uh, one of one of the people from the group to, uh, on shortly and interview them about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. this, we'll start with the national anthem thing. Um, my personal opinion: do it, do what you want. I don't care. But also, in the same token, you know if thousands of your fans get mad at you. You can't be surprised. Yeah, you can't be surprised. You can't be mad at them. Mm-hmm. And also, if they decide to burn your jerseys and, you know, not – if they boycott your endorsements and things like that, mm-hmm. there's fallout. Yeah. That's the price you got to pay. Unfortunately, that's that's part of living in this society, but also living in a free market where people vote with their dollars. So you can you can kneel or whatever. Personally, I think it was a publicity stunt for him. I think he knew that he wasn't going to be a, mm-hmm. a starting quarterback. And I think he did it primarily. I mean, the guy – a little history on Colin Kaepernick. He's he was adopted by two white parents, so I mean, he he's he's kind of fueled this whole white privilege thing. But mm-hmm. he's been a part of it too. If that's a if that's a narrative that he wants to choose and uh, and push, but you know the whole the whole thing. Uh, luckily for this country, we've had great men and women die in service uh, for this right of freedom for him to do what he wants to. Mm-hmm. So um, I only thing I don't appreciate is the the socks with pigs on it. <laughs> I mean that was that's a little too ouch. Socks with pigs and cop cats. I'm sorry. Here's what I'm thinking. I cop think hats. In, I think he's got a new woman in his life. Oh, he and does. Then, and then she's just sitting there saying, "Hey, I think it'd be cool if." Yeah, he his, did this. his actually his uh, fiance, girlfriend, fiance. She's actually a, a radical activist. So, there you go. So um, she's she's pushing it. So when have we learned in our country? It's don't look at what the guy does. Look at the woman he's. Oh, with. No, no doubt. It's really about that. Yeah. Instead of saying thanks, Obama, I probably need the hashtag thanks, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that is that the woman's name? <laughs> Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I thought it was the. the yeah, no, no, I can't remember her name, Tom but um, she's she's a pretty radical person. I mean, yeah. she's she's been in several magazines and you know, she's very active on Twitter. So right. um, you can just. Read some of the nasty, hateful comments, but sure. it's her right to say it too. Hey, I mean, yeah, I don't have. Here's where I'm a little perturbed: is the NFL has got to be consistent on what they're saying. So, if the Dallas uh, Cowboys want to wear uh, a symbol on their helmets to to say that they support the police, yeah, honor the Dallas Five that were killed. Yeah. yeah, you should be able to do that. If Colin Kaepernick wants to say this is my right to, sure, to say it's that. definitely not consistent. Luckily, also they came out as of today, which is Wednesday, that. Um, they were not going to find any of the players that actually wore the nine eleven. Hmm. I never forget That's cleats. Good. So at least they did come out with that. But yeah. yeah, they they have a little tarnished history of being hypocrites. But of course, that's the NFL. Right. So, what's well, your what's your opinion on it, Lynn? Just curious. Yeah, some money making machine the NFL is. Right. And um, it is going to be interesting to see what the outcome on this is. But people died for our freedom, mm-hmm. and he does have the right to. Mm-hmm. Express his feelings. Now, I think he's a dumb A for doing it. I do too. Yeah. I think but he's he disrespectful. Has a right it's very disrespectful. Yeah. But you know, I, I. But also, I think that shows the simplicity of his thoughts. I think I don't think he has really thought this out. But I mean, for him to, he's also n- not using statistics proven by the FBI, <laughs> right, and other crime statistics that don't support the narrative that his movement is pushing right, right now, right. and um, that that also kind of burns me we'll see how much how how yeah. how far it catches fire but 
It is the right to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the people that we did, you know, um, we hate to see burn the American flag. Right. But they do it, and it's their right to do it. But, but the other part is, like, that's their job. Right. You know, so if the NFL says, hey, we're, as a as a organization, you can't do this when you come to come to work. Right. We, we are forcing you to do that. That's their right to do that. Now, after, and he wants to do the interviews, and he wants to do it on yeah. CNN slash SportsCenter, which is actually now the same thing. Yeah. Uh, then then he has the right to do it then. But you're at your work. That's your job. All Just right. do your job. So I'm actually calling for a separation of sport and state. So, <laughs> That's a good idea. So we don't have to deal with any yeah. of this stuff. Uh, just let us watch the sport, and you can deal with your crap later. Right. On, you know, but you know, the, you have these moments like this in the NFL where you see overpaid crybabies. Oh, yeah. Um, and and they, these guys, I mean, Colin, I wonder how much money he's making to, to ride the pine this year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And More than I'm making, I'll yeah, tell you that. And, you know, we have success, success stories that, you know, kind of, you don't want to watch these videos while you're cutting onions type thing, you know, right. where... Uh, like this, I can't remember the name of the town now, but two high school teams, they decided not to play the national anthem before mm. the game this really? time. Yeah. Oh, so, the, the, so but here's the thing though, 88 players, whatever it was, and the coaches decided to start singing the national anthem by themselves. Mm. So they broke out national anthem with all it. the crowds. So Come I mean, on with it. Yeah. So that, you know, you have stories like that that don't get enough play, but you get Colin Kaepernick and whatever other guys on the NFL that want to Make right. a make a, a publicity stunt. So, um, those are, those are the stories I like to hear. The ones that kind of warm the heart. Right. So, well, did you also see the Dabo Sweeney? Did you hear that interview? Yeah, a little bit. And um, Dabo, for those who don't know, Dabo Sweeney is a head coach of Clemson, um, currently number two, I believe, in the AP polls. Right. So, um, you know, what what do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, there was a, a bit um, that um, Michael Helms put together on the Rick and Bubba show, and I'd like to. Play a little bit of that clip if I can, um, sure. And, and just because I think one, it brings up good conversation, but two, like it, for me, it's a guy that's standing up for his beliefs and um, actually bringing some truth. We'll, we'll see how much he, actually we'll see how much he takes fire for some of this, some of these comments. It'll so, be interesting. Yeah. So here's here's the clip. I just think there's a right way to do things. I don't think two wrongs make a right. Never have, never will. It's sad to me uh, to see what's going on in this country. I think this is a great country. It's just that things get painted with a broad brush around in in this world these days. There's a lot of good. There's more good than bad uh, in this world. And uh, I think, you know, you look at, I think one of the greatest leaders this world has ever seen was Martin Luther King. I don't know that there's ever been a better man or better leader. He changed the world through love in the face of hate. He changed the world through peace in the face of violence. He changed the world through education in the face of ignorance. And he changed the world through Jesus. And boy, that's politically incorrect. But that's what he did. <laughs> it's amazing when we don't learn from our past, you, you know, how you can repeat your, your mistakes. You know, the Bible says the two greatest commandments, if we all live by those, there'd be, be a lot of problems that go away. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And the second one is love your neighbor as you love yourself. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they're the same religion. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they're the same color as you. It doesn't say love your neighbor if they pull for the same team as you. It just says love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we all live by that in this country, we wouldn't have near the problems that we have. I think we have a sin problem in the world. What I think. It's so easy to say we have a race problem. It's so easy. No, we got a sin problem. Mm. And I think the answer to our problems is exactly where they were for Martin Luther King when he changed the world. Love, peace, education, tolerance of others, Jesus. 
And I think a lot of the things in this world, not everything is so bad and this world's falling apart. Some of these people need to move to another country. Uh-oh. I think a lot of the things in this world were only a dream for Martin Luther King. Not a one-term, but a two-term African-American president. And this is a terrible country. That was a dream for Martin Luther King. Interracial marriages. I go to a church that's an interracial church. Those are only dreams for Martin Luther King. Black head coaches, black quarterbacks, quarterbacks at places like Georgia and Alabama and Clemson. When Martin Luther King was, that was just a dream. Black CEOs, NBA owners, you name it. Now, does that mean that there's not still problems? Yes. Where there's people, where there's people, whether they're black, green, yellow, orange, white, there is going to be sin, greed, hate, jealousy, deceitfulness. There's going to be that. That's always going to be there. But attitude, work ethic, love, respect for others, that doesn't know any color. Well, buddy. Yeah, it'll be curious to see what kind of flack, flack he takes for that because that's you know pretty upstanding. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he's, he's a well-liked coach by his players, also by Clemson. But, I mean, even nationwide, I think I don't think anyone can really say a bad thing about him. But we'll see. Right. I know he's taking some flack for uh, baptizing his players uh, in the field and practice fields and things like that. But well, we'll see. I, hey, I respect that. He's, he's got cojones for getting up and saying that. And you're getting her done. There's probably no teleprompter in front of him, too. Oh, so. no. Are you a Clemson fan, Lynn? Die hard. Okay. Ooh, That's what I thought. Die hard. Wow. What's, what's your opinion of Dabo? I have the greatest respect for that man. He is a man of strong faith and Christian values, and he coaches that way. And he's passionate, and he's one of the most intelligent coaches, I think, out there. Hmm. Not taking anything away from uh, Ford. Uh, Mark Stoops. Danny Ford. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Ford. <laughs> but, um, no, from Saban, but um, he's a genius when it comes to how mm. to coach and motivate players. He really is. Yeah. And, and as I'm listening to that, because I haven't heard that, because mm. I have been working so much. Yeah. Chef life. That's the sure. way it is. <laughs> Hashtag chef life. <laughs> and, but um, just a few days ago, I received uh, an article about the relationship he had with his father mm. and um, him passing away. Mm-hmm. That was in the courier right here. And I actually pulled it up on my phone. And um, it just talks about how he he didn't have a great relationship with God when he was younger, Hmm. and now he does. And he speaks of that freely all the time. And it's interesting how the media makes something out of it when there's something that they should be, in my opinion, making it something on a positive note, not making a – issue out of uh, it. We, yeah. we, and we can support, even if you're an atheist, diehard atheist, you can su- at least support someone's opinion and point of view. And if they, if they have a great faith in whatever, I mean, obviously there's nothing wrong with them spouting it and right. preaching it a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, if, if we're going to get out there and support uh, Colin mm-hmm. for his right, then yeah. I mean, we got to stand firmly beside Dabo too. Yeah. So, um, that'll get me fired up though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can listen to that every day. Yeah, I like Dabo. He's he's a good guy, and you know he's got a really interesting story too. I mean, from where he came from, he took yeah. a, a long time off from coaching, and then got the call, and and then has just made a a tremendous impact in college football. So, yeah. I challenge everyone to go back and look at the little mini biography that that ESPN has. Well, done on uh, ESPN, Dabo. CNN. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. That hey, that did make me that did uh, upset me a little bit. Just yeah. try, I, ever since I've ever since I was twelve years old, I've always turned to ESPN first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I would watch an episode before school and then vegetate through the second episode while I eat my cocoa puffs <laughs> right. and count chocula. So, um, and I've done that ever since. You know, for 
for 27 years, I've done that every morning. It's yeah. kind of my routine ritual. Huh. And uh, you, you know, it's back in stores. Yeah, that count chocolate. Count chocolate. Yeah, count chocolate oh, just made it back. Blueberry yesterday. How did you really? I, so, did. I did. We're going to cut this podcast short. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that's one thing I did. But anyway, the first uh, after watching my two episodes, the second episode, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they were very political. Getting the they, they present one side of the story. You know, the, the uh, no. Black Lives Matter activist, uh, supposed sports mm-hmm. aficionado, gets on there and. And uh, spouts a ton of misunderstanding. And then um, also you have uh, they start airing Obama's speech on ESPN <laughs> with, with all the sports, you know, the sports tracker stuff running on the side and the bottom. I'm <laughs> like, I, I didn't know if it's an emergency like a broadcast right. or something, but come on. I, I, I turn it to ESPN so I can think about mindless mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Or not think yeah. about stuff. You know, it's just so I, I didn't I didn't fully understand that. That's but another yeah. reason for the separation of sport and stuff. If I'm going to turn it to HGTV, I want to watch plants. I don't right. want someone to come out and while they're telling me how to, you know, garden rosemary and then all of a sudden they're going to tell me that this is what I need to be thinking politically. Come on. Basil lives matter, man. Come <laughs> on right. now. Like in trouble for that hashtag. So. <laughs> Well, moving on, let's talk about uh, Hillary real quick. <laughs> wow, she had a rough weekend. She did. Now, listen, I've, I've had pneumonia. I've had double pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So I get that. You know, I get, like, feeling weak. I get almost falling over. I get that. I've yeah. been there, done that. And listen, these these guys, Trump, everybody, Gary Johnson, whatever, this, this life is tough. You know, right. like, traveling up and down, doing all the speeches, you know, tra- you know hand-holding and all that kind of stuff. It's a rough life, but pneumonia, like, I'm sure. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, everyone knows that during 9/11, um, this this 9/11 tribute, the 15th anniversary, right. Hillary and both Donald Trump were at the memorial service and uh, in New York. And anyway, Hillary had to leave early. Uh, and was seen carted or seen scoot off, and all of a sudden, she they basically drug her into the van. Mm-hmm. Um, through some secret service, and there's a lot of video out there on Twitter and but anywhere now. I mean, right. you pretty much find it on probably Cartoon Network now, but <laughs> well, or but, on ESPN, <laughs> or on ESPN. But um, yeah, so they have her dragging in there. You know, was, I, I love the conspiracy world because man, there's all <laughs> kinds of great. Now, some of them may be perfectly accurate. I don't know, I mean, but man, there's some. There's some great ones out there. The one that so. is owning me is this body double. Have you seen? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the body double? Yeah. Like they, they're looking at her earlobes. What amazes me how quick is it? it oh, yeah. Quick it comes out. Yeah. You know, like do these people actually work? No. Or is this their full time job? Yeah. Well, I mean, is David Duchovny in the basement of the FBI, like researching like, yeah. all this stuff? So X X Files times ten. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. Yeah. I mean the body double for real, like legit. It, it may. It, who them. knows how? Who knows if as a merit? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But the one I did see, they did like the size comparison. Yes. You see that? Yes. That's, that's pretty trippy. It's pretty trippy. It's so like I, her. Her middle finger, like, or one of them started to like go higher than everyone else. Well, that, but also like uh, they showed her like a two days before in a, her, one of her majestic pantsuits, right? Like, uh, um, royal blue or whatever it is, and then like two days later, it looks like she shed about sixty pounds. So I don't know. I mean. <laughs> So wait, are you are you falling into the body double? I don't know. <laughs> right, what about I, I, you? I've not seen you it. Haven't seen it. I, I just know no, that. I've seen it. Yeah, I just don't know if it's pneumonia. Listen, I've dropped sixty pounds on pneumonia, so but here, but I'm trying a, to get pneumonia so I can drop sixty <laughs> well, pounds again. I'll find the next Hillary Clinton rally you can go to. But uh, I'm kind of curious to what it is. I mean, because you got to think. Well, here's the things I don't understand: is someone her age now? She's sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, pneumonia is bad for infants and elderly. They they. Sure. St- 
clearly put that on the warning label of pneumonia. You think you so. think she's got she's on under the Obama plan? <laughs> Obamacare? Look, she has the Emperor Royal Golden Plan. You know those guys do. I mean they they have special yeah. I mean that basically no, they I'm go to yeah, I mean they just go to the top echelon. She has a high deductible I'm sure plan. She, yeah, that's right. I know it. I'm sure she has a concierge neurosurgeon if she needs one, but right. um yeah, so basically uh, I don't understand why she gives to Chelsea's apartment. That doesn't make that, sense. That doesn't make sense. But, but whatever. I, yeah, I don't. I'm I don't not falling get, into the body double though. Don't fall into it. I mean, we need somebody. We need somebody with reasoning here. I mean, <laughs> let me let me let me dive into the the realm of conspiracy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have with us uh, the chef uh, from Forty Nine Yard Line. Forty Nine Yard Line here in Harrisburg, North Carolina. We'll be coming back with him in a second for our interview segment with him. We'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. I'd like to welcome in our guest. Uh, this is Chef Lynn Childers. He is the owner, proprietor, chef of uh, 49 Yard Line here in Harrisburg, North Carolina. I uh, wanted to bring him on today because um, he's a good friend of mine, but also he's an inspiration as far as small business owners. He's taken his dream and um, he's opened up a restaurant and has really done some drastic changes. A little bit about Lynn. Lynn grew, actually grew up in Greenville, South Carolina, near New grew up in South Carolina, part of Greenville. 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 Okay, Greenville. Yeah. Um, so right near my hometown, actually. And uh, so we're both South Carolina guys. But uh, he started cooking at age five. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah. Grandmother. Also yeah. French. Was she? Was it Julia Childs? No. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he worked actually in the corporate world for a long time. Uh, our paths crossed once, once upon a time with a company. And uh, anywhere he worked for some big corporate franchises. Um working his way up to top rungs there. But uh, he actually, last year, worked for Wolfgang Puck, Chef Wolfgang, wow. Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. He was his, he was, uh, Lynn was the uh, QVC uh, demonstrator. No, I'm just kidding. He, was, <laughs> <laughs> he actually traveled uh, like 48 weeks last year with doing Wolfgang events and stuff like that. Many, so. many restaurants across the U.S. Right. So wow. he, uh, he decided that uh, that was a little too much. He wants to dedicate time to his family. Which is a good thing. Yeah, I got hung up on um, that traveling. <laughs> that's right. But uh, he 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 decided to stop doing that. Want to return home to his wife Brittany and his ten year old daughter. Ten year old daughter. Eight. Eight. I'm reading numbers all backwards. <laughs> How so, did you uh, get eight <laughs> out of ten? Oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so we'd like to welcome Lynn here, and uh, once again, his his uh, restaurant is Forty Nine Yard Line. You can find him on Facebook. You can also. Do you have a website yet? Uh, we're working we're, on the website. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. working on Under development. Buddy. That's yeah. kind of like our website. Just like ours. Under, under is your web guy doing our stuff, too? He might be. sure is. Hey, well, welcome to the show, Lynn. Hey, Thank man. you. Thank you for having me. Um, right off the bat, we're just going to kind of do some rapid questions. Here we go. Rapid fire yeah, questions. Right. So. Tell me about what's the reason why you started, after all these years in the corporate world, you know, a lot of people don't transition from that because corporate world is basically, they don't want you to work over 55, they say. You have probably Benny's benefits. You probably have a, a decent salary. What what takes you from that corporate world and stability to taking a chance on your own? Working in the corporate world was very cookie cookie cutter for me. 
And having been a chef for so many years, when I was younger, I just lost my passion back then and decided that I needed to get out. So Mm. I wanted to learn how to actually operate a restaurant. Hmm. When you're a chef, when you start out, you work for a lot of private ownerships. And a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And you're misunderstood as a chef. And um, so I, I went and I learned and worked about 18 years in the corporate world and got burned out and missed my passion. Mm. I was watching an interview back in 2013 on CBS this morning with Sean Brock, who is uh, one of my favorite chefs. And he was talking. And if you don't know who Sean Brock is, he has several restaurants, McCready's husk, down in um, Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Love what he's doing for low country cuisine. Love what he's doing for farm to table. I, I love his passion. And it just reignited that fire in me. And so I got back into culinary. Hmm. And it's something I never got away from because I do it at home for family and friends. But um, when I was younger, cooking became a job. Uh-huh. And when you're a chef, and cooking becomes a job, you either need to find a new passion or a new way to light that fire in you, or you got to make a change. Mm. So That's right, yeah. Uh, so yeah. one question I have is, like, how do you keep it fresh now, like, so um, that it doesn't get old? Well, we just changed the menu again. It's our third <laughs> menu change. Well, that could be it. So um, we do have features every day. And um, although it's simple bar food, but it's bar food with a twist, with would, layers of flavor. It's, it's and, very much like a gastro pub. And it, I'm uh, working on yeah. that. I'm working I mean, it's, on it's, that. It's, but you can see it. You can see the metamorphosis from bar food because bar food is usually. A, and I, I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm stopping you because I don't want you to downsell it. Cause, <laughs> because honestly, bar food. And I'm a divey kind of bar guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the the popcorn that looks sketchy on the table and what? the toilet seat covers on the, the the you know the bar stools that you may not be too wary of. I, mean, I like those kind of places. My kind of place. But, but you, do, you do have a striking resemblance to uh, old Spiky here. <laughs> do, do I really? No, don't say that. <laughs> no, don't what's say his that. name? Guy Fieri. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, but Lynn's restaurant is really on the cusp of becoming a full gastropub, and gastropub takes. Traditional food, like your your average cheeseburger, man, they take it so much above notches. I mean, sure. I mean, just some of the best food that you can think of. They just try to do the best version of that. So, I don't want to sell it as a simple bar food because I mean, it's not. I mean, and I've been in the business too for twenty years, well, and out for a couple of years, but but you you're seeing an evolution of simple food made great. And there's not. I mean, don't take don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with just a plain cheeseburger. I mean, I every once in a while I like one too, but. But some of the creations that Lynn's coming up with is, is awesome. Seriously, so. it's legit. You're just talking about a hamburger. But, dude, I'm looking at this menu. The mac and cheese hamburger? Yeah. Mac, macaroni and cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. It, bacon. This solid. Yeah. <laughs> Moonster. I don't even know how to say that. But on a hamburger. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I'm on it. It doesn't have to be Velveeta or American. No. So, uh, uh, number one selling burger, though, is the peanut butter jelly. I was about to mention Wait, that. Wait, that's a burger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Explain, explain that because it's not... Your Schmucker's grape jelly. No, 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 no. No, it's uh, jalapeno jelly. And, and and that burger honestly took me about three weeks, four weeks to create. I uh, tried a burger similar in, I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan, doing an opening for Wolfgang hmm. up at the Am- Grand Amway Hotel. And I'd worked a 16-hour shift and <laughs> forgot I didn't eat that day, like... <laughs> 
you often do in restaurants. And so I walk around the corner and say, where do I have to try? Mm-hmm. And so they sent me over here. And they had this burger on the menu. And it had creamy peanut butter, uh, apricot, mm-hmm. habanero, jam. Mm-hmm. And that was really it. And I, I tried it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. And I was like, but it could be. Mm-hmm. And so I kept thinking and thinking and thinking. And I tried it all different ways. So this burger is that creation. And it's from the top to the bottom. You got spicy jalapeno jelly, crunchy peanut butter for texture. Mm. You got cowboy candy, which is candied jalapenos, Mm -hmm. white cheddar, bacon, jam, burger, tomato, and lettuce. And and it just works. And it's layers of flavor. And that's what a lot of my food's about, layering flavors and making everything work together. And also each meal, Lynn will write you a personal note to get out of work for the rest of the day. Listen, so, I'm, oh yeah. I'm trying to do better, and this ain't helping at all. I don't know if it's valid or not, <laughs> but anyway, um, what, what inspired the theme of uh, you know the 49 yard line? People probably think, ah, oh, sports sports bar. I mean, simple sports bar, but it's not that. I mean, um, so what what kind of inspired the direction you're kind of going? What's your ultimate end, end game here? Well, ultimately, yard line actually. It ties in with the sports, but I was thinking yards of beer. So mm, we wow. feature craft beer there, and nothing but local Carolina craft beer. I don't hmm. get anything else from outside of the Carolinas. And so that's where the yard line came in. We're on Highway 49, 49 yard line. So um, there you go. Down the road, though, I'm looking to expand the menu some more and uh, just tease and tantalize people with different flavors and mm. really try to. Make something that Harrisburg can be proud of. Not only Harrisburg, but all of Cabarrus County. Wow, that's I'm awesome. Very passionate about cooking. I love to cook. Uh, there's nothing I love more than being able to serve something to somebody and create a memory. Hmm. And that's what I hope my food is about. Hopefully a positive memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure of that. Wow. All right, so here's, here's some general questions. Um, we have a lot of people, obviously, don't cook that listen to the show. <laughs> so. nah. So, what do you hey? What what do you think is the most valuable uh, utensil or equipment in the average Joe's kitchen? Uh, for me, it's my knives. Okay, and and I I say that because if you have a bad knife, a dull knife, a knife that doesn't carry a sharp edge or doesn't bring back a sharp edge, you're going to cut yourself very quickly, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get a decent cut. Yeah, I like cast iron skillet. <laughs> I do love a cast iron skillet. Still going with the black skillets matter mm. hashtag. So, mm. but um, also, uh, what what what's a must have spice in your in your kitchen? Mm. Oh gosh, right now it's cumin and curry. Mm. Wow, so versatile. Yeah, yeah, curry and cumin, man, they are so versatile too. I mean, and they work well together yeah, too. They do. They, I make a this sandwich called a shawarma. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god, your Indian take. Yeah, well, it's more of an uh, Indonesian Dutch Indo. Okay. Style. When, when does that when did that come on the menu? I haven't done it yet. Oh, I'm working on. When you te- when you doing the testing? <laughs> I'll let you know. Please do. <laughs> Favorite method of cooking? Favorite method? I I love the grill. If it, if if I had a smoker in the restaurant, I'd be smoking meat all the time. But I love grill. I just love to grill. Charcoal gas. Charcoal always. Right. Mojo, you can get him a deal on a smoker. I can give him a deal on a grill. <laughs> uh, one question is, like, what's a typical day in the life of a chef? Uh, typically, wake up, coffee, 
<laughs> open the door. Or I don't know. Wake up on the wake up out of your van from the night before. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. No. no, wake up. Uh, go in. You you look at what you have fresh. You look at what you have to work with. And it's always exciting when you're able to open up a refrigerator and you have fresh items in there and the ideas and what you can create and play with. So you're not like getting up at four in the morning, going to the farmer's market and not yet. Stuff in. I, I hope to one day be able to do that. I do have aspirations for another restaurant that's much more upscale than what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But um, that would be the one where I get to the farmer's market. Very cool. I got a question, kind of that same line of thing. What's, what's your, what's your, what's your opinion on this whole farm to table? And do you think it's sustainable? Because you see a lot of restaurants that are now advertising that. I mean, you know, Eight years ago, farm to table was rare. I mean, true. It, it was true. just you. You maybe had if you had a, a thousand restaurants in yeah. town, you maybe had three, four doing. That's it. I mean, everybody just went with mainline vendors. Yeah, but if you look at Thomas Keller, uh, the French Laundry, he was the, in my opinion, the founder of farm to table cooking. Mm-hmm. And then Sean Brock follows, and he's brought it to the south. And and many restaurants are trying to source as local as possible. Um, my dream restaurant is a barbecue restaurant, actually, where I can do that. Called it'd be called Angry Farmhouse, and I'd like to be able to advertise that I get this pork from here, and I get this poultry from here, and the the vegetables come from. Just think of it from a standpoint of a customer. I know where everything came from, and I'm right. supporting the state of North Carolina, and that was the whole concept of that. Very so. Cool. Um, I, I think it is something that's going to last. I think it's something that's going to actually. Yeah, I don't think it's going away. So. Get bigger, mm-hmm. and um, chain restaurants are suffering from that right now. Mm-hmm. Freshness is king, and yeah. the Food Network helps that a lot. It really does. Um, I remember from my chain days in the corporate world how our sales started to fall huh. to all these independents that did it right. But wow. that's the thing; they have to do it right. Yeah. I remember in college, like I started watching the Food Network and thought I was the next Bobby Flay, you know, <laughs> Bobby Flay. And I thought I was it. Well, I mean, I think you know, I think we're gonna step on that. Uh, the chain restaurants have taken notice though, because oh, yeah. you've seen a lot of them, um, like yeah, Applebee's, Applebee's and their charcoal grill, their wood, yeah. their wood fire yeah. grill now, right. you know. So, well, which and, they don't tell you the whole truth, <laughs> but uh, or you know, Panera with all organic, no antibiotic type stuff. So you're seeing a lot of chain uh, restaurants that traditionally would have not have gone that way have really listened to the consumer mm-hmm. and have really started to change their game plan and their, and their market strategy for the future too. So well, you definitely got to commend the private entrepreneurs and private chefs out there pushing that. So well, look at Subway. I mean, what's their motto? Eat fresh. Eat fresh. You know, Eat so. yoga mat. Oh, no, they're taking that out. So. You know, so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what they're saying. Right. But, yeah, no, totally. Um, favorite cuisine? Gosh, right now I'm, I'm on an Indian kick. Um, love chicken tikka masala, and uh, I love the way that it just lights you up sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, I also love Korean food. Oh, me too. God. I, was, I, I, I just wish. had a Korean today. So. Oh, gosh. Where, where'd you have it? Actually, at Super G Mart. Wow. I had me a hot pot and some uh, Korean yeah. buns. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, now. I'm telling you, places a lot to places awesome. You can you shop you can shop from around the world, and then you go over to the lunch counter, and bam. It's pig like tails. Ikea. Pigtails, yeah. The they pig, have pigtails. Yep. I had that last time with my wife, and my wife had to get up and leave the table because she didn't understand mm-hmm. the deliciousness of pigtails. Uh, no one so. does here, but <laughs> give me time. That's right. Oh, oh. No. Um, yes, they're great. Yeah. Have you had the Swedish meatballs from Ikea? 
We had those. <laughs> With a lingonberry sauce. <laughs> you know. They're delicious. My first meal after transplant, my, my sister no. my sister and brother-in-law were at no. Ikea getting ready to come visit me. No. And I was like, please bring me some sweet, Swedish meatballs. Extra gravy <laughs> on the fries. Hey. Wow. It's either that or probably in the style at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's true. At least I get the habit. That was my first meal. Goodness. After all the hospital jello. So. <laughs> well, one question that we always ask all of our, our folks is, you know your spirit animal. Uh, what's your spirit food? If you had a Ooh, spirit food. food that you would relate to the most. I'd, I'd have to say beef bourguignon. Mm. How and so? It, how so? It's the first dish that I learned how to make from my grandmother. Mm. And I learned all about cooking and taste from her. And, and and I was brought up where you taste everything. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Don't eat it. But beef bourguignon, when I was six years old, I cooked from scratch. No help. And I remember that. And wow. I still make it today. I actually meant to bring the recipe to give to you guys. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. So, But I'll email it. I'll that's email fine. It. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm anxious to see that. Yeah, because that, that has to be... My memories are frying pork chops with my grandmother. I mean, I have that memory. So this sure. this was memories are invaluable things people can't take away. So um, I, I love that story that you're sharing there because that's that's the romanticism of getting like a fire in the belly for becoming in the restaurant. It was. Yeah. yeah, I used to joke with my grandfather all the time. Maybe if you, he was a real estate agent, I said maybe on Sunday instead of leave me in the kitchen cooking with grandma, if you had taken me to go measure some houses mm-hmm. and show them, I'd been a real Different estate path. agent. <laughs> No, my grandmother taught me about cooking, and cooking on a Sunday morning with her started at 5.30 in the morning. Holy and she cow. had f- fresh eggs from the backyard. She mm. lived in the city of Greenville and had roosters and chickens <laughs> running around. Before it became illegal, then yes, legal before, again. So. Before the HOA got involved. <laughs> but, I, I mean, everything was fresh. Ground beef, she would grind her beef with chicken gizzards mm-hmm. to add flavor. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of those little things that she taught wow. me back then. And, and she would go through and say, here, taste this, taste that. And so now I mentally know how to dissect food when I taste it. I'm able to say, oh, there's chervil in here and basil. And so it's a curse sometimes because I'm horrible to go out to eat with. <laughs> so can we talk about that for just a second? Like, can you, is that something that as an adult you can learn? Or because like taste buds fade so quickly as you get older, like is that something that I could learn how to do like to pick it, that it stuff takes up. time mm-hmm. I won't lie um and eating a lot, I guess well, tasting <laughs> I mean everybody thinks a chef eats great all the time and and they don't. I rarely eat sometimes I eat actually when's your last hot meal? Just curious when's the last last time you night had, really you had a hot meal last night I actually did oh, my okay. wife cooked thank you. Love when's last time, actually, when's the last time you had a hot meal in a restaurant, in your restaurant? In my restaurant. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably never. Oh, wow. <laughs> not, not of his own volition. Yeah, so. About three weeks ago, honestly. I can remember it. Yeah. You, it was you, a new menu item I was rolling out, right. uh, Chicago-style Italian beef. You always, make, you always make your lunch and then get busy doing something else. And oh. then, you know, 12 hours later, so it's a go box for you. So. Usually it's like, who cooked this extra chicken here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. And then I eat. That's that's how most chefs eat that. Yeah, unfortunately. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little pick a plate, pick a veg here, pick a veg there. Yeah. But you know, your grandma that's the really that's the original farm to farm to table. I mean, it, it was it yeah. was for her. I mean, it was a traditional French meal. There was a wine glass for me when I was six years old, and I was allowed to drink two ounces of wine like I was in France, and mm. the the plates were from France, and there was 
two salads, four vegetables, two starches, two different types of meats. And, and, and it wasn't like roasted chicken or fried chicken. It was a French cocoa vin and um, there, there was duck, lamb, things that no five-year-old ever eats. <laughs> Where are the chicken nuggets? Where are those coming at? <laughs> exactly. Shaped like dinosaurs. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's natural. And that's the way I grew up, though, eating like that. And, and every meal was an adventure, and mm. there was there was passion and love in the food. And when you taste the food, you, you, you could taste the time that was in the food. Wow. Yeah, so many, so many people. And I, I, mean, I know in today's society, I mean, you you have a lot of um, you know two-parent homes at work, and there's never time. They think there's never time to prepare anything. So mm. um, I, I think people need to take time to do that, because, especially with their kids, because – you can you can have some wonderful meals out in fifteen to thirty minutes. I mean, besides you know driving through the drive through and picking up the the latest uh, box of chicken or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you literally can prepare decent, really good quality, fresh meals in fifteen to twenty to thirty minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. so, I, but it's also an experience for the kids because both my daughters have been cooking with me since they were you know three and four. I mean, my youngest now has a platform that she can stand beside me <laughs> in her fake little yeah. chef knives to to chop up. So. Nice. Um, they're always going to remember that. My daughter can get in there and cook a perfectly cooked steak, perfectly mm-hmm. cooked salmon, perfectly cooked burger on any type of medium that you want. Wow. Pan, skillet, grill, whatever. I mean, so you got to – I think you got to do that. Um, I'm, I agree. I'm a big proponent of families eating at home. I own a restaurant, but families need to eat together, mm-hmm. and they need to experience fresh food. So, like, recently, like, you you see a lot of, like, gluten-free things and, like, no-carb stuff. It goes carb, goes no-carb. Eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. Like, do you have to adjust to, you know, the culture and, well, you know, the latest Restaurants have to these days, especially the chain restaurants. And that's one of the good things about being a privately owned restaurant is that we don't, Mm. you know. Sorry, are you really... Are you really allergic to gluten, or is it right. just a fad you're following because yeah. of the diet crazy song Dr. Oz? Right. I, I think a lot of people use that as a crutch. Mm. Uh, yes, there's a lot of GMOs out there, and, and that's the issue with a lot of the gluten allergies and the gluten problems that people experience is because they're using products that have GMOs in there are chemically altered grains. Mm-hmm. Um, my restaurant, I do everything I can to prevent that, mm. um, but... Because somebody's gluten free, do they really know what they're saying? Do yeah. they really have celiac disease? Because right. that's pretty serious. Yeah. So it's it's either a lifestyle choice that they're doing, and I I see that more than anything else with gluten free. I, I get this. I get asked a lot because a lot of people um, are so interested in the restaurant world, especially young kids. I'm not talking about people that have worked. This is like a second career choice um, for young so, someone who's 16, 17 years old that loves to cook at home or you know, is interested in cooking at home and they're thinking about following a culinary career, thinking about going to culinary school or just whatever and getting into the business, what what advice do you have to someone that's trying to enter the field? Don't be afraid to play with your food. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, you play with your food and don't copy what another chef does and let that be your claim to fame. Then you're just a foodie. Mm. Create. Learn how to create and mm-hmm. work under great chefs seek out who's a great chef in your area and follow in their footsteps get active in your local acf the american culinary F- uh, federation and and look for times to l- educate you know when you learn something teach it and pass it on mm. 
great chefs always teach other people how to do things. And always remember in a recipe, it's how you cook that recipe. The soul you put into it will always make that dish better. Oh, that's not true because I've tried so hard to cook for my wife and I burn the Rice Krispies. So. <laughs> and I try. I try so hard. You burn the salad. <laughs> What's, uh, you talked about uh, be creative. What's the most creative thing that you've, thought, you've seen or you've done yourself? Well, I've seen some very interesting things when I was traveling with Wolfgang. Uh, some of the best food I've ever had was in Seattle, Washington, mm. at a place called Steelhead Diner. It was just this incredible fresh black cod with this miso uh, tamarind sauce and over uh, sticky rice. It, it was incredible and so simple and so fresh flavors. And, and that's what I mean about putting your soul into a dish, knowing when to add the miso to your tamarind sauce and, and to layer the flavor so they're not overpowering each other. Just amazing. Um, in Chicago, David Burke's restaurant, who, uh, who I have so much respect for, Chef David Burke, he has restaurants in Boston and Chicago at the Prime House on, or um, gosh, what is it? Ontario. Prime Steakhouse at the bottom of the James Hotel. I had a 98-day dry-aged ribeye. You could cut that thing with a fork. The flavor was mm. so intense. When you, when you eat a steak like that, yes, you're paying a lot of money. And, and I'm not going to mention the price because my wife might hear that. <laughs> But, but it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Sure. And as an aspiring chef, you know, try those things. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a spiritual spiritual yeah. moment almost, yeah. It, it really was. That steak was crazy. Yeah. The Lately, the craziest thing I did, I'm trying to top the peanut butter and jelly burger because right now I'm focused on what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. So I came up with uh, two different things. Uh, a burger I call the Harris Burger. It's <laughs> two maple glazed donuts. Oh, sweet jeez. I'm out! Bacon jam, no. fried pickles, no. American cheese with um, bacon salt. Oh, it's, it's over the top good. Oh, listen, I'm like I said, I'm trying to do better. Like this well, is not helping. Do you like Nutella? I, I'm trying to do better. All right, so I came up with <laughs> I'm a, on a diet. I came up with a Nutella burger too. No, you did. Yeah, and this one I actually it took three weeks to make. Also, and I, I was googling trying to make sure no one else. Out. I couldn't find a Nutella burger anyway. What? Well, have you ever had uh, chicken mole? Mole pollo? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the twist of how do I take Nutella and kind of give yeah. it that mole taste and huh. adding a little bit of cayenne pepper to the, the Nutella did that. Wow. And then fried pickles, and I love bacon. Bacon yeah. makes everything good. Amen. Um, and you can, you can <laughs> preach in that church. That's yes. right. Uh, brie cheese though and again bacon oh. and and it just works you get that, yeah. that chocolate nutty flavor with a little bit of spice and then you get the sour notes of the pickles and then it it, it just pops listen you're making a man cry over here <laughs> stop that <laughs> wow that's uh, awesome yeah, yeah it, it, it really is and that's one of the craziest things wow but there's been plenty of times i've cooked and it's been an utter failure and <laughs> But that's okay. You learn yeah. from your mistakes. And, and that's the great thing about this is what I love about the business. Every day is different. Hmm. Every day you encounter something new. And it's another opportunity to create and make something new. And who knows? Maybe one day I'll come up with something that's the next cronut or something mm -hmm. like that. And it'll just take off from there. Uh -huh. hmm. You know, that's the, that's the thing about food. And I, and I, and I, 
I do like the reason I do like Food Network and how they've shone shown the light on chefs because chefs mm-hmm. are artists. It, it, yeah, it, it, but it is. No even even our grandmothers who cooked were artists because yeah. you're working with basically poetry and motion, you know, mm-hmm. and you may not ever create the same thing twice, but it's you have a palate which is a pl- or a, a plate and you're trying to put balanced flavors and also awesome looks because you eat with your eyes first. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one thing I love about what chefs do. And some of them are, are great at it. Some of them may not do the great presentation, but the, the flavors, the, the way they compound the flavors and layer the flares or flavors. Um, but it's just a palate. And I think the good chefs out there or any chef, I think they really need kind of a, a, a pat on the back because they are definitely creating art heart for your mouth i mean it's, it's, it's not like a mona lisa we're gonna be able to look at that for several hundred years it's it's only gonna last the 10 minutes or five minutes or two minutes as, as a restaurant worker would plow it down but right. um i'm really i'm really digging the credit that chefs are getting now they're becoming like rock stars yeah so yeah it's funny it really is funny to watch the shows my little girl tatum who's eight loves to shout watch out. master chef nice. and yes it was a shout out <laughs> did she watch but, the kid version she watches them both. Okay. She loves it. And um, it, it's really interesting to watch her get into it. Yeah. And then my wife will, what do you really think about this show? And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it's far from reality. Yeah. 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 So, but, it, it, you know, that's made for TV. That's dramatized. Sure. You know, the show I like is Chef's Table. Um, PBS has a really good show that. Oh, I can't recall the name. A Chef's Life. Chef's Life. Mm. Yep. Chef's Life. Yeah, that's a really good show. It's interesting the way they do that. Netflix just had a had a good one. A three part or a four part series that deal with dealt with the elements of Earth. You know, the Earth, Wind, Fire, mm-hmm. uh, Water. I cannot remember the name of it now. But mm-hmm. um, uh, author, an author of a book sent uh, by the title by the same name of the of the documentary, um, takes everything like for example fire. Okay, meat is associated with it. Baking is associated with fire. Mm-hmm. Um, wind is associated with bread and how yeast was carried into the first doughs and mm-hmm. how we have our bread went from unleavened to leaven. I mean, so it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I, th- those are the type of documentary styles I yeah. like. So yeah, the history of food is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah, yeah you want to you wonder why, how we got from uh, a caveman roasting. Uh, you know, a, dino- uh, a dinosaur leg like Fred Flintstone over <laughs> fire <laughs> to where we are now. That was one of my favorite classes in culinary school, the history of food. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet. It really bet. was interesting. Learning what pasta was actually, it actually came from China. Yeah, Marco Polo. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Fish out of water. <laughs> uh, is there is there a chef that you just can't, can't stand? <laughs> the chef I cannot stand. Uh, there's a couple I won't name that okay. I used to work with. No, <laughs> actually, you know, Every chef that I've disliked working for, I've actually taken things away. That's a good point. From the point of, okay, I know not to be like this when I tell people how to do their job. Right. So, yeah, you learn something from everybody. Um, Very difficult chefs you'll learn more from. Mm. And when you start to conform and work the way they want you to work, all of a sudden you'll start to blossom. Yeah. You really will. Um, Wolfgang, great guy. Very difficult to work with. Mm. I won't lie. Um, there are so many chefs that you were surrounded by, but what an experience and, sure. and it's so yeah. eye opening. And it just really helped reignite my passion that had been missing for so long. And I was, I feel very blessed that I was able to do what I did, travel like I did, taste the food that I did, uh, go to some of these restaurants that I never thought I'd be able to go to. 
and um, experience those flavors. Very cool. I'm wow. not a fan of Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's one of my favorites. So. Oh, see now, Anthony Bourdain. I love his in-your-face, no BS yeah. cooking style. And then that's what he is. And it comes across when you see him. And um, what a, I am inspired by him because he goes off and he ventures out and he tastes and he experiences food through life. And mm. I, do, I do like his, his focus on the, the travel aspect because he will... I'll give you that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, but I also the the any any of his shows, mix with the exception of one, um, the how they film it. I like the filmography of a lot of the shows, but uh, I do like how he 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 would go to the outer reaches of places that yeah, would never true. be visited by yeah. an average person mm-hmm. from America. I mean, uh, the dude went to Libya and <laughs> turned all the chaos there. I yeah. mean, that's pretty gutsy. That's but uh, but he's he's taken a lot of stigma from cuisine that people were like ah, i can't i don't know if i can cross that right what's that all about you know um and when he visits them a lot of people react to it once i see it on tv so yeah he's opened a lot of people's eyes to different types of food that people will never even venture off the taste yeah like pigtails maybe i just <laughs> but, need to give another shot but also you know i think some of his books too you know restaurant confidential and excellent the, i mean i think a lot of those books especially for people that are, have never stepped foot into a restaurant world because the restaurant world it's a very tough world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a different animal. <laughs> I mean, you have some of my best friends still to this day are from the restaurant world. But, you know, you have you have it's like church, a good church where you have despots, good people, drug addicts, alcoholics, you know, you have everything. You have everything. Yeah. And, and there's they these all, rules. Yeah. And they all come together for a common purpose, which yeah. is hospitality. And it's mm-hmm. it it works. And. But there's a lot of backstories in there, and you know, I, I, that's one reason I, I, I love the industry. I'll, maybe I'll get back into it one day, but um, it's just an interesting thing. And I think Anthony's book took a lot of that out, a lot of mysticism out, and it kind of exposed it to it where really people did. would appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that was the, kind of the beginning of the, the chef rock star movement too. Mm-hmm. We started gaining some traction was his book, and also another another uh, TV chef that also kind of came on the board at the same at the same time, but. Um, All right, I, I understand. Look, it's not everybody's shot. cup of tea. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. So one of my one of my favorite chefs, I cannot remember, remember his name when I when I talk about him is the Cajun chef. He used to come on PBS. Uh, Paul Perdome? No, 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 no. Oh, uh, he used, used to wear the bow tie. And, yeah, with the hat. Um, <clears throat> no, no hat. I just he goes, I guarantee. He had the oh, suspenders. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Oh, well, I can buy uh, Jason. If anyone finds out what it is, please post it on Facebook. Wow, we'll have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it drives me nuts every time I do that. So, well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. No, Listen, thank you. You can tell uh, if you're in the area, please stop by the restaurant. Even if you're not in the area, yeah. drive. Please take a drive. This guy, the passion for food is insane. So I really appreciate that, and just helping your community and, and wanting to make it better is awesome. I really salute that. So um, I'm going to give it a shot. Stop by. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody go to a, visit uh, 49 Yard Line on Facebook, and he'll eventually, I'm sure he'll, on Facebook, he'll probably keep you posted about his website and you can check out his menus at uh, Facebook. And also, actually, Yelp. He's got some very, very good traction on Yelp and a lot of good feedback. But uh, thanks for coming in, Chef Lynn. And we Thank appreciate you. having you and telling us My your story. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Love to have you back sometime soon. And yeah. Anyway, folks, please go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. Uh, we would love that. We're trying to move up in the uh, world rankings of uh, iTunes. 
Soon, my friends. Soon. Why do you anyway, go to go to Facebook, Southern Fried Philosophy, uh, SFP Radio at Twitter, SFP Radio at Instagram. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. And as always, keep it rolling. Oh, I did find out one thing at the International Super G Mart. You've been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you, I found out that pig, pig uterus and chicken hearts per pound is more expensive than a lot of beef products. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Pig uterus was nine fifty four a pound today. Wow. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, I don't think I'm hungry anymore, but I'm sure I will be in just a second.